all new Kane 107.5, hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Good morning and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry along with Ricky Watkins. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Tony. Anyway, for our weekly fishing and hunting show here on Kane Radio, FM Band 107.5 and AM 1240. And as always, the purpose of this show is to keep our listeners updated with the fishing and the hunting in the area along with Louisiana and stories around the USA and the world. And Rick, uh, these are the fine people, the reason we're here each Friday. You're right, Tony. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Home Run Pizza, and Raging Cajun Season and Foods. And if you'd like to give us a call, of course, the number's 337. God dial that area code. And the number's 367-1240. You can also listen to us online at www.kane.com. K-A-N-E-1240.com, anywhere in the world. If you have an Alexa, just say Alexa, play Kane 1240. You may also listen to Kane on any accessible Internet device. We're live here at the studios at 107 West Main Street here in downtown New Iberia, right next to Victor's Cafeteria, which is open. And, Rick, uh, what's shaking freshwater, saltwater fishing, my Tony, man? Tony, we, we took a little trip, uh, freshwater, but talking about saltwater, I talked to one of my friends. He said, man, he got tired of catching them, so I don't know if he's talking about specks or redfish. He didn't tell me, but uh, he, he did very well. And we went, we took a trip, uh, freshwater, last Sunday to uh, Miet Point, and we, uh, we caught some fish, Tony. All the right. water was low. I kind of putt-putted around, but uh-huh. we, we did good. All yeah. right. Anyway, so what was working for you at those particular times? Uh, we right? were throwing spinnerbaits, Tony. White and chartreuse was working uh, around the treetops, just, just kind of dragging it slow. You know, the fish, uh, there's not a whole lot of water, as we both know, you know. <laughs> Boy, you're not kidding. Yeah. I saw a story, too, recently, and I, I'm kind of thinking, man, where these people, they, they, the article was about people who lived along the Bayou Tish in New Iberia who they said, you know, the hydrilla was kind of clearing out now, and I'm going, uh, Man, where is this they're living? Yeah. <laughs> because right there in front of us, you walk down to the bayou right. here uh, in Bulleny Plaza area. I mean, the hydrilla, I mean, they cover. I mean, the hydrilla crossing the Lewis Street Bridge the other day. I mean, they went all the way across the bayou by the old trapeze uh, uh, food uh, distributor. Right. And uh, I don't see where they're moving, even though the Tesh of a million freshwater has a lot to do with a little flow in the bayou Tesh now. It's just amazing, Rick. Yep. But maybe with the north wind, Tony, uh, we're going to have it for, what, two or three days? So maybe that'll, that'll draw some of that, you know, the lilies and stuff out of there. Well, hopefully uh, in that uh, particular uh, area, maybe it is uh, an area I'm not familiar with. But uh, here locally, uh, between the bridges, the three bridges here, uh, there are a lot of uh, hydrilla. Yep. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, uh, Rick, uh, the the – the water is still flatlining, I guess you could say, over at yeah. uh, Butte La Rose. Uh, 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 as of this morning, it was at 3 feet 4, 3.4. Right. Right. Uh, the high earlier during the week was 3.85. So, uh, and it looks like it's going to flatline uh, with the, uh, I guess, the, uh, with the lowering of that uh, to get rid of all the hydrilla. It's yeah. been around uh, 3 foot, uh, and it looks like it's going to be that way well into the uh, Oh, 17th, 18th of the month. And, too. Tony, I guess uh, Henderson, Henderson Lake has got to be getting low. Yeah. It, when it's, I say Henderson Lake Swamp, well, yeah. yeah Lake, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, 
you know, and that makes uh, the fishing, you know, it's like you said, you got to putt around a little bit. Uh, oh, you don't don't want to go too fast because you know, lower units are not cheap. Yeah, mechanics are making a lot of money on you. Oh, yeah. It's not like a warranty is going to cover that. Oh, no. You know, that's, da- that's just collision damage, uh, so to speak. But uh, yes. anyway, uh, and it, we're hopefully going to have some nice weather in the next few, few days and all, a little rain here and there. Yep. But uh, uh, a little shower yesterday and all, but um, – uh, who knows uh, with that, Rick, uh, in that regard. Of course, uh, with that, the private, I was hoping again, you know, last week uh, I was hoping to get the uh, the private uh, uh, red snapper uh, landing estimates uh, through maybe uh, September 24th. And uh, lo and behold, uh, as soon as we get off the air, about 810, 815. It my, pops up. Oh, yeah, yeah. it pops up. But Never fail. Through September the 17th, uh, meanwhile, uh, we're still at 82.7%. Uh, we still have approximately 160,000 uh, uh, pounds yet to pull, and it slowed down a lot, too, uh, uh, the catch reports and also the average weight estimates and proportions to the state and federal charter harvest. Uh, anyway, of course, you got to remember way back in July, they increased it from three to four even. Right. And uh, we're sitting at, uh, of course, uh, the estimates, if they come out, uh, if I can find them, maybe my phone would buzz and go off. Uh, we're talking about um, uh, it being up, uh, possibly pushing 800,000, still maybe still have uh, somewhere of 130,000 yet to uh uh, feed on so um, anyway with the red snapper but like you said with the hunting seasons cranking up now yeah whether it be squirrel or dove or ducks or deer or least pressure yeah, yeah. that's right so uh, and last year my memory serves me right uh, they went pretty far into uh, December too yeah, it did in that regard before it was halted by the commissioner uh, in that uh, so anyway um, we'll see how that's all going to come out in the meantime uh, uh, Rick in that area but what I did see, uh, and I, I sent you a note on that, too, and you have in front of you the Manhattan and the Redfish top the right. Louisiana uh, Wildlife and Fisheries Commission agenda. And the fish, you know, we call them pogies, uh, and redfish will likely dominate the discussion. This took place yesterday. I was looking for something, maybe uh, some issues where that had come forth and all. Of course, the pogie issue resurfaced in full measure during the last two weeks when hundreds of thousands of the dead fish were washed ashore over in Cameron Parish. You know, we, we talked about that. So uh, with that, Rick, and uh, just uh, anyway, the pogies, uh, named for the Manhattan, Manhattan, I should say, made up most of the dead fish. And the blame for the extensive kill rested on the two major Manhattan uh, uh, operations, Omega Protein and Daybrook Fisheries Operating Along the Louisiana coast, both companies are based, you ready, out of South Africa. South Africa. Yeah, and it was wow. the second major uh, fish kill along off the Cameron Parish coast in the past two years. The incident drew uh, calls from the state legislators to revisit the recently enacted restrictions on these operations. And it was a bill to limit the take of the Manhattan uh, and the minimum of the one mile off the state's coast failed. And calls for the commission to take action met with limited results, despite pleas from the exclusion zone from uh, the CCA Association. So uh, anyway, um, it's just something we need to to address, too, Rick. And you and I both know uh, with the speck of fishing down, this is a delicacy. And as we've mentioned many times on this program, 
And uh, hopefully the wildlife and fisheries and marine biologists have said repeatedly that the kills represent a small portion of the pokey uh, population. But fishermen in groups countered that argument, saying the operational bycatch of sport fish and other fish species found washed up on the massive kills, you know. So uh, hopefully they can come to some kind of agreement on that. Uh, I think right now they're allowed, I think, a quarter mile uh, off the shoreline. Uh, I personally think it would be a, a good mile uh good marker yeah, yeah I, I i think so and yeah. I, i'm not even so sure it might be, be a little further out too uh right. might be helpful in that regard so yep. with regards to the redfish too uh discussions are brought about of course uh, it's october and the redfish issue is front and center with continued debate among uh user groups uh the commission was supposed to address this to, uh yesterday and why because the commission uh, member Joe McPherson uh, tweaked the original biologist uh, proposal with the 16 to 24 inch limit and the three fish uh, per day creel limit to help the species recover from the sustained uh, population size too Rick and uh, you know as well as I do you can go out there and catch redfish until uh, you're blue in the face yeah. oh, in yeah. that regard and he uh, yep. he objected to uh, some things the current redfish regulations allow for five fish a day measuring a minimum of 16 inches with a maximum of less than 27 inches with one allowance for one keeping redfish measuring longer than 27 inches. Any new rule would uh, ban keeping a, a redfish measuring longer than 24 inches. And what's clear is there's uh, been some pushback to that. And, uh, of course, in the agenda item, uh, they're supposed to talk about it yesterday at uh, 930. Didn't see anything come across uh, with any kind of press release. But, uh you know as well as I do, uh, there's been talk about the the stress of that fish too, right? In that regard, yep. so um, anyway, and this time of year, Tony, with everything cooling down and cooling off, the the redfish usually turn on. Yeah, know? that's yep. right. That's right. So anyway, uh, of course, uh, hunting season's here, uh, Rick. <laughs> we yeah. all know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with that regard, so uh, with that note, uh, the deer archery season's allowed to take either sex, except during the bucks only season. So uh, you need to go to the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries their hunting pamphlet. And I think there was an error. I think they've corrected it in the pamphlet itself. They put out, you know, where you could print and all. They had some uh, issues in there. Of course, uh, the rabbit squirrels. Uh, uh, with on statewide uh, from October 7th to February 29th, private lands only, state and federal lands have separate seasons. Doves, uh, the north zone, October 7th to the 12th, south zone, October 14th to the 26th. Deer and archery uh, through October 15th, bucks only, uh, October, uh, October 16th to February 15th state area deer areas five six and nine if you're a deer hunter you're familiar with that but i'd still look that up and make sure of your right. area and all and uh just uh the deer hunters are getting ready too especially with the the bow hunters out there rick and i know uh one of your sons uh was uh, heavily involved oh in yeah that bow, bow, love, bow loves to deer hunt oh yeah and uh, a lot of those guys get into it too uh it's the old-fashioned way of hunting uh without a, a rifle you know to take down some of these uh, bucks and does uh during the proper part of the season on all yep so uh anyway folks uh, uh just uh keep that in mind so uh with that also uh a, l- a little surprising we talked about this maybe a month or two possibly three ago about uh the protection hunting heritage and education act well they went back to uh it was brought back up and it passed the u.s house of representatives ready by a 424 vote to one vote and uh, was passed unanimously by the United States Senate, which will deter a veto by the president for his signature in the bipartisan 
It worked to bill turn back a recent decision by the United States Department of Education to withhold funds from schools. We talked about that, you know, with schools that had uh, yep. maybe classes on hunting and things of that nature for hunter education, archery in the school program. So uh, House uh, Bill 5110 changed the elementary and secondary education. So there uh, endeavor for these uh, schools that uh, teach hunter education, which is important, and uh, along with uh, other things that uh, yes, sir. Uh, with that. And we talked about that a while back, too. Uh, so good to see some of those changes taking place too, Rick. Yep. But uh, in the meantime, with you deer hunters, now uh, this is uh, something to take note. Uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries expands the CWD, of course, uh, the chronic wasting disease testing drop-off locations. And at one time it was up there in uh, those uh, areas of uh, Franklin, Madison, Tensaw parishes. But uh, hunters wishing to submit deer heads for the CWD testing may visit. Uh, there's just a host of locations across the state uh, with that. So uh, it's important reminder, deer heads from deer harvested within the, that area up there, the control area, which consists of Tinsall Parish and also portions of Concordia, Franklin, Madison parishes, may not be transported outside the control area. Hunters harvesting deer from outside the control area may utilize the newly added drop-off locations as well as the drop-off locations within the control area. And there's a map up there uh, that shows the locations, which is also available in the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries site uh, through their website. And, of course, the CWD is uh, neurodegenerative disease of the white-tailed deer and other members of the family. It's caused uh, a prion, uh, an infectious and misfolded uh, protein particle, and it's a hundred percent fatal in deer, Damn. you know. And it's, I guess yeah. you know, similar to the mad cow that uh, was yeah. a few years back uh, in right. that regard. So, uh, and although uh, the CWD has not been shown to be contagious to humans, the Centers for Disease Control and the World Health Organization recommend against human consumption of the deer known to be infected by these particular uh, disease. And also it's recommended that people hunting in the areas known to harbor this uh, infected deer have the deer tested for the disease prior to consuming uh, the animal. So uh, a lot going on with that too, Rick. And, yeah. you know, last oh, year yeah. or the year before was the first time it was ever noticed right. here in this state up in those areas, uh, yeah. northeast uh, Louisiana along the river. Kind of the border border parishes. Yeah, you call that's that? up yeah. there uh, with Concordia and Tensaw Parish, uh, along with uh, Madison uh, and a few others. So uh, uh, Concordia, I think, and there's another uh, portion of that. So uh, in Franklin Parish also, and that's all parishes uh, contiguous to the Mississippi River up there. So uh, it's something to keep an eye on. And I know a lot of people hunt in that area too up there. A lot of them go to north uh, west part of the state up there around uh, Haynesville and all, and then. A lot of friends cross right over the line too, uh, into Mississippi, you know, uh, and hunt uh, a little north of the Florida parishes uh, up in the counties up in Mississippi. Yep. And I've got friends who've got uh, camps and leases up there, and uh, they do pretty well, though, from what I understand. Oh yeah. Uh, and all um, with that, and you know, the deer are a little bigger because they're not running around in the marsh, uh, and the deer up there in the woods and all uh, the piney woods and up in Mississippi. Uh, so hunting up there is a uh, it's pretty good too, Rick. Uh, if you note, uh, yep. so and I'm uh, and not being the deer hunter, friends that do it and uh, right and uh, I can honestly say maybe one time I've been deer hunting and that's it. Uh, uh, and uh, buddy I was with had some success. I didn't, but uh, that was 
geez, so far back. Years ago. Yeah, that's Just right. like myself. Yep. You know, so uh, anyway, uh, and, and what I wanted to mention, too, I mentioned this just for, for a moment. Uh, the wildlife fisheries is quick to note a mistake in the 2023-2024 Louisiana Hunting and uh, Wildlife Management Regulations pamphlet when it came out. Anyone uh, trekking to the Richard Yancey Wildlife Management Area in Concordia Parish area, the era came in a small game emphasis uh, area, seasoned uh, hunting at date. So uh, I do believe, I think it was corrected, but just want to have people be aware of that. So at the Louisiana Department of Wildlife Fishery Statement, correct, uh, correction read that on the that portion designated as small game emphasis area, the uh, beagles are allowed for rabbit and dogs are allowed for squirrel uh, for the dates and uh, training of the beagles and rabbit and dogs for squirrel allowed. So uh, it was just something I wanted to make. Uh, and every once in a while, there's an error in those pamphlets and all. So with that. So uh, anyway, just something interesting to see, Rick. And uh, with that, uh, in that regard. So uh, yes, sir. anyway, got one more little uh, article to talk about. Uh, article that appeared in the Iberian recently about the squirrel hunting season, you know, that opened up. Of course, uh, here in this area, don't know many people that uh, squirrel hunt. Rick, I don't know about you. No, not too many. You yeah. know, but uh, you go a little about uh, 70, 80 miles north of us, it gets pretty serious. Big time. <laughs> up in the Ville Plata, or even in north yeah. Louisiana, it's pretty strong up in those parishes up there. It's a wonder you got any squirrels. Yeah, you're right. No, I'm, I'm not trying to be, yeah. <laughs> but no, they, they're serious about squirrel hunting. Oh, yeah, it's a big yeah. day for them, as we've mentioned on this show. But uh, anyway, there was a nice article in uh, the local paper recently about uh, uh, Chris Corville, who has walked the woods along Lake Dotree shoreline to hunt uh, squirrels each uh, opening day for about three and a half decades. And right. uh, it's on 1,100-acre uh, hunting track lease near uh, his home over in Lowerville. And uh, uh, he was out there again when the sun rose on the first day of a small game in the season. And he'll hunt again with his teenage son and friends for the first time. He's, he's even bringing his daughter along. Good for him. And he's got a twenty two caliber rifle and a, a cricket that uh, has become comfortable at an early when the small game season opens up on the 7th. So uh, come as no surprise, squirrel hunting has been part of his family for many generations, particularly on day one. He said he has a few buddies who join him on opening day. He said while his son has a couple of friends with them the first day, they did hunt on the Force Point uh, Hunting Club lease uh, along the lake in Iberia Parish. So, uh, And uh, they asked him how the in this article how the uh, squirrel hunting is shaping up for this year. And he said, while he hasn't been on the ground there in a few weeks leading up to the opening day as much as he would prefer, he did say uh, he, he went out on, in late September uh, just walking around out there, taking a close look around the area and when the squirrel hunting season begins. So uh, he's an outdoorsman. Uh, he likes to just, you know, like we do uh, in fishing and you go to a tournament, you like to right. go out and find a nice spot and see what uh, you have uh, in that regard, just preliminary ways of uh, – Checking out the uh, tournament, uh, the cup coming in. Uh, same thing with hunters. You know, they like to go out and how many cameras now you see on the deer trails, yeah, a lot of, man. A lot of cameras, uh, Tony. Yep, uh, right. With the deer, d- just to see with the times they may show up and yep. uh, opportunities, uh, it's almost not fair, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. become You're such right. a scientific way to uh, locate the big bucks and all uh, for deer season. Uh, uh, and you see that. And I guess it's uh, – Quite popular with uh, squirrel hunting, even also. Uh, on the plus side, Kerrville said he reported seeing some acorns, very few green oaks, and sweet gums. The, the seasonal mass crop is key to the squirrel hunting every fall, he said. And uh, 
He'll stay in the woods throughout the fall and winter hunting either squirrels or deer. Last year, the father and son combined to harvest two does while letting six bucks walk. I have a few on camera that you go again a camera trail yep. cam, yep. and it's looking like it will be a decent season this year, he said, about the deer hunting prospects. But uh, hopefully this year's squirrel season is, is bountiful or more as it was to him uh, last year. So uh, with that, nice article about that. And like I said, don't, don't know too many squirrel hunters uh, – uh, no. In this area, uh, as uh, deer uh, and ducks mostly take over. And speaking of ducks, yes, sir. I hadn't seen much on that, how the teal season went in uh, that regard. Rick, don't know if you heard anything. I had a couple of the green or the blue yeah, or the Tony, cinnamon. They did good on uh, green wings. and But now everything's, you know, like you said, shifted up, up kind of north of us um, with deer hunting getting ready to start. So they kind of shifted from teal, teal season to uh, deer hunting. Okay, and uh, of course the duck season's right around the corner too, with the with the two zones we have yeah. now, uh, with that north and south, so uh, and east and west. So we'll see how uh, that's all going to go. But uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, good to see stories like that. No, and fishing's kind of cooled off a little bit too, Rick. Well, yeah, but it's fixing to pick back up with uh, you know with this cooler weather, and it's gonna it's gonna get a lot better. Well, uh, with that. Uh, Anyway, uh, of course, with deer and ducks, you know, that's uh, pre- yeah. pretty prominent now until the end of the season uh, right. coming yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Anyway, time to take our first uh, break here on Cane uh, Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. We'll be back with more right after this. Locally owned and operated, Alamo Hydraulic serves the oil business on the national scene. Specializing in welding, grinding, and hard chrome plating, Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. A new carrier heating and air conditioning system from Dahl's Heating and Cooling can save you money every month. Thanks to the newest line of carrier energy-efficient technology products, you can lower your utility bill. Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local carrier dealer. Turn to the carrier experts at Dahl's Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today, at 337-367-2511. That's 337-367-2511, license number 6286. Discover Ragin' Cajun, the original Cajun seasoning, and Ragin' Cajun Foods' delicious lines of seasoned red beans, white beans, black-eyed peas, sweet jalapeno relish, Ragin' Cajun roux, rice dressing, gumbo, jambalaya, etouffee, shrimp and grits, seafood bisque, and the new Ragin' Cajun stovetop shrimp oil, gator rub, and sizzling steak seasoning. Ragin' Cajun, the original recipes have been handcrafted here in Acadiana since 1985. Folks, ask them for that Ragin' Cajun. Save ball. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia, located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza. And delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza. 256-5783. That's 256-5783. 
Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Swyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Road. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast. Uh, whether it be in the Mississippi River Basin or in the other uh, areas, the federal government plans to pour, you ready, billions of dollars into barriers to keep them from infesting the Great Lakes. And a Baton Rouge chef by the name of Felipe uh, Parola says he had us a better idea. And he says one that involves the white wine and lemon juice that's simmering in a pan uh, at the taste uh, kitchen. He said he goes to a thick slab of revolved fish and out comes a poached delight, firm, flaky, and almost sweet. And he's talking about that uh, Asian carp too, uh, Rick. But the thing is, Tony, how to catch them, I guess you'd have to set up some kind of netting system. I don't know. Well, he just, he says, look, it's incredible. Uh, And he's a big believer if you can't... uh, if you can't beat them, eat them. Yeah. And uh, that's his feeling and that he feels. And he says it's incredible. He says the invasive carp dish, which he serves with a creamy crawfish sauce and sautéed greens, the fish is a big problem, but it's food, he says. And uh, we could feed millions with it. And if the government helped build a processing plant, we wouldn't need the, the friggin' barrier, he said. We could eat the problem. And he, he might have a point here, too, no, the more yeah. I think about it. Well, to catch him, you're right. You know, yeah. uh, uh, that's right. just a fish, you know. The, yeah. He's a French-born chef, of course, uh, and a food operation consultant. Has become an evangelistic for the invasorism of uh, it's a simple idea, eat the invasive species into oblivion, or at least somewhere close to submission. Right. He recently self published a book, Can't Beat 'em, Eat 'em, and that has dozens of recipes for more than 40 invasive plants and animals. And uh, yeah. another fish we talked about was that snakehead. The snakehead. You know, yeah. that's starting to make its way uh, yep. slithered into Louisiana, making its first appearance to combat its spread. I mean, this guy is serious. You know, he says, uh, harnessing the power of human appetites could knock back many of the critters that are wrecking havoc on Louisiana's ecosystems. And he talks about even nutra rats that uh, gobbling up coastal wastelands. Stew them, he says. Feral hogs, rip them up in forests, grind them into sausage. He also says the carp crowding out the native fish, go ahead and cook them. So uh, I think he's got a a good point. Yeah, and you know, nutra meat is white meat like rabbit. A lot of people don't know that, and you think, oh, gross. And basically, they're vegetarian. Vegetarians. You know, they eat grasses and all that. And uh, that's right. Uh, you know, it's a clean animal, even though when you see those orange teeth, you yeah. go, whoa. Yeah. You know, and uh, of course, it's a big rat, but uh, it's white meat, uh, basically. And by his estimation, he's saying Louisiana could feed all of the all of its poor and hungry, slash the cost of uh, high school lunch programs, put the unemployed to work catching and processing vast quantities of the terrifying, plentiful fish. And uh, guys think... But he's not wrong about the carp's immense potential. One study of more than 20 years ago indicated that fish made up 95% of the biomass across the large sections of the Mississippi, and the problem's only gotten worse. In some parts of the basin, the carp are now the only fish measuring more than 16 inches long. That's true. And, and you know as well as I do, those fish, uh, when they uh, uh, jump out of the water yeah. like they do, 
uh, they can break necks and oh, yeah. hurt individuals. I remember a young girl in Florida sometime a few years ago, one of those big carps That's right. leaped out of the water and yep. smacked her and broke her neck and killed her. Yep. Tony, we seen one last weekend. I guarantee you that fish was 40 pounds. Yep. Really? Oh, yeah. You know, so, uh, of course, they were formerly called Asian carp, but the fish were brought in from China and other countries in the 70s to test the uh, algae eaters' ability to clean ponds and wastewater facilities in the states, uh, other states, but invariably uh, some escaped and a few quickly became many. And by the 1980s, they were causing trouble in the Chafalaya, the Red Sabine Rivers, and several other Louisiana waterways. And carp are famous for leaping out of the water, as we mentioned, and sometimes yeah. colliding with boaters. Right. And that can cause some serious injuries, especially if the fish airborne size of an adult human. Yeah. And they can grow five foot long, like you say, and weigh 150 pounds. Yeah. This one was about 40 pounds, Tony. It was a good three, three and a half feet. And, but their real damage is uh, largely unseen. Carp or algae vacuum sucking up key food sources for hundreds of other species, and they lack a yep. stomach. So what goes in comes out quickly, if you know what I mean. And carp can grow fast, live long, and breed like rabbits. And that is if a rabbit could produce 2 million eggs per year. Anyway, the Great Lakes have avoided carp infestation, uh, but the feds aren't taking any chances. The Army Corps of Engineers wants to spend $1.2 billion, uh, which is essentially a gauntlet of barriers, noisemakers, bubble blasters, electroshockers that will, they hope, uh, keep the carp out of Lake Michigan, but the project only pins in the fish. It doesn't remove any. So right. Peralta's idea is pretty strong. You know, he spent the past yeah. decade yeah. trying to convince government and business leaders to embrace the idea of a, carp, a carp-based uh, food industry because carp are bonier and harder to clean than any other fish. Parola started turning them into fish cakes, and he rebranded the carp with more marketable silverfin name, received a promotional boost from the State Department of Wildlife and Fisheries and promises of support from national food distributors but the fish cake business didn't gain any traction partly because he couldn't find investors for a large-scale processing plant and carp weren't the first invasive species Parola tried to commercialize of course in the 90s he was part of a state-funded effort to get the Nutra on the menus of fancy New Orleans restaurants but promoting the orange tooth swamp rats uh, as haute cuisine didn't pan out many people don't like their flavor and can't get past their rodent looks, you right. know what I mean? Yep. So, oh, yeah. And carp aren't that handsome either with the droopy eyes and the frowny mouths, but they're much more palatable, and it's very uh, clean taste, he said, better than catfish, he even mentioned. So uh, anyway, he hadn't given up on his dreams and uh, seeing nutrient carp in restaurants and grocery stores, but he lightly is taking uh, what he freely calls a crusade, uh, can't beat him, can't uh, can't beat them, eat them. Eat them, yep. yeah. that's right. We always talk about the problems and think of expensive solutions. But he said, with this, the solution is simple, and it's free. You just eat it. And uh, yep. he's got a point, too. And, uh, and there's plenty out there, Tony. Yeah, I, I, I believe it or not, I've tried. You know, of course, feral hogs, they got a lot of people kill them and eat them. You know, yeah. oh, you yeah. got to bleed them right uh, like anything else. But uh, uh, with neutral rats, yep. uh, they they could probably catch on. Of course, now they paid people what five seven dollars for tails yep, to try to the kill tail. them. And yep. over in the uh, Terrebonne area, it's where it's pretty bad in New Orleans. Uh, but like I I can't tell you the last time I saw a roadkill with a neutral rat on the side of the road or it's anything been a like while. that. It's been a while since I you know in the basin, Tony. We was out there last weekend. It's been a while since I even seen a neutral rat. 
Yeah, just surprising, too, uh, uh, with that. Or nutria, so, nutria, should I say. Yeah, yep. uh, you're right. So in the meantime, so uh, interesting his thought process on that. Of course, a lot of people probably listen to us shaking their heads <laughs> with regard. But the carp's not a bad idea, you know, uh, right. to feed them, uh, clean them and feed them uh, uh, with that. So uh, anyway, an invasive sp- uh, fish. But like you said, how you round them up to a netting procedure? But then you're going to catch a lot of other fish, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. So it's a hard take on yeah, that. Yeah, that's going to be a tough take on, on, on the carp, you know. So, uh, but, the, and the snakeheads uh, also uh, comes into play in that regard. So, and they eat other fish and create problems. So, uh, anyway, hopefully it doesn't hurt the uh, industry we have now, right. which is really pretty nice for here living in this area. Elsewhere, today's Friday's uh, f- uh, Friday, the 6th of October. The sun rose at 7.04. It's going to set this evening at 6.48. Boy, those daylight hours are getting shorter shrinking all the time. You're right. Yep. Anyway, in the high and low tide chart, uh, the first high tide was at 129 this morning, and then low tide will be at 421 this evening. Saturday, the 7th tomorrow, uh, the sun will rise at 7.04 and set at 6.47 in the high and low tide chart. Uh, the high tide will be at 2.35 a.m. Uh, tomorrow morning and the low tide at 5.37 p.m. Uh, and then uh, Sunday, same times uh, on that, uh, 7.04 uh, for the sunrise, 6.47 for the sunset, uh, with the tides being about the same also at 2.35 for the high tide a.m. and uh, 5.37 for the low tide p.m. So uh, with that, Rick, average water temperature in uh, Southwest Pass Vermilion Bay, 81 degrees, pretty palatable in that regard. Yep. So it's not, t- not too bad in that nope. regard, Rick. That's right. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, Rick, uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these fine people. You're right, Tony. We've got to thank Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Home Run Pizza, and Cajun, Raging Cajun Seasonings and Foods. And our motto is always, kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal.